This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to Socially Supportive, where you'll hear the hottest insights and discover cutting-edge technology as we take you behind the scenes with the latest authors, top executives, and industry thought leaders. This is Customer Care the Social Way with your host, Frankie Sochet. Episode 176 of the Socially Supportive Podcast is brought to you by Bluehost. The best web hosting for just $3.95 a month, Bluehost is the number one recommended web hosting service by WordPress.org. Every account features one-click WordPress installation. Plus, Bluehost's trained in-house experts are there to help 24-7. Their robust help center includes guides, video tutorials, and more. You can try them and love them or get a refund within 30 days of signing up. Your satisfaction is their top priority and they're confident you'll be pleased with their services. So head on over to sociallysupportive.com and click the Bluehost picture today for more information. Hello, Social Pack. Welcome to this week where we are talking about happy customers all this week. I am bringing to you all of the best episodes that we have talked about happy customers, how to measure what they want, how to give them what they want, and how to help your agents make sure that they are well prepared to give your customers what it is that they're looking for on social media. You know, one of the most frequent questions that I'm asked by clients, by colleagues, by anybody who's trying to deliver digital and social customer care out there on the World Wide Web is, what is it exactly the customers want? How are you supposed to deliver that to them? And many of the answers that you need have been discussed on this podcast. So what I've done for you this week is... Because we're busy, I know you're busy, I know I'm busy too, I want to make sure that you have got all of the information that you need right at your fingertips. So I don't want you to have to go scrolling back through episodes. So I have curated for you the top episodes to talk to you about what makes customers happy and how you go about making sure you're doing the right things to make your customers happy, to measure and make sure that that is actually working for you and to give your customer service agents the tools they need to deliver the best customer service on digital and social channels. So grab your cup of coffee, sit back, relax, unless you're driving, don't relax if you're driving, pay attention if you're driving. But here we go, this whole week is all about how to make your customers happy. And even if you've heard the episodes before, make sure you give them another listen because you're gonna hear something that you didn't catch the first time, I guarantee it. Here we go. Today's inspiration comes to us from Mark Cuban, who said, make your product easier to buy than your competition, or you will find your customers buying from them, not you. And our book of the day is The Effortless Experience, Conquering the New Battleground for Customer Loyalty by Rick DeLisi and Matthew Dixon. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about reducing customer effort. And you're asking, Frankie, why do you think this is so important? 
why do you think this is critical? Here's why I think it's critical. Ameo quotes Walker Research with a statistic that indicates customer experience will overtake price and product as the key brand differentiator by the year 2020. And doesn't this just make sense to you? Whenever everything else becomes equal, whenever price pretty much becomes equal out there in the playing field, whenever the product is pretty much commoditized, if everything else is equal, who are you going to go with? Are you going to go with the company that makes it really hard to do business with them? Or are you going to go with the company that makes it easy to do business with them? I would go with the company that makes it easy for me to do business with them. And if you think about it, Effortless customer experience is memorable, very memorable. I'm sure that you can easily think of the last time that you had an interaction with a company and you went, wow, I wasn't expecting it to be that easy. Those things are memorable. Average customer service is not memorable and substandard customer service is enough to make you switch to another company, even if it's just because you're angry about it. You're harboring resentment for the fact that you were made to go through some sort of process or procedure that you felt you shouldn't have had to go through, you're probably going to select a different brand or a different location or a different venue or a different restaurant the next time that you are forced to do something like that. I know I would. If that's the case, I think that that is enough reason right there to show why it's important that we work on reducing customer effort. There are plenty of statistics flying all over around the internet about why reducing customer effort is so important. There's a page I found on Ameo that talks about 50 important customer experience statistics you need to know. And there are all kinds of statistics on there, which I'm sure are fantastic. But the point is that we all just know that that's what we need to do and that customers will go somewhere else if they have a bad experience. So what do we do about that? What can we do? to make a customer experience better, we can work to reduce customer effort. And I have put together for you five steps to reduce customer effort, just five. They're fairly easy to do and you can be done by lunchtime. I'm just kidding. You can get started by lunchtime on reducing customer effort. And what I've tried to do is focus here in this episode on things that you can do inside of the social customer care team or your digital customer care team without having to worry about or rely on other departments to make this happen for you. These are things that just in your team with your processes and procedures, you will be able to show a difference in the level of effort required on behalf of your customers where possible. So here we go. Five steps to reduce customer effort. Step one, complete a journey map. I know you're like, wait a second, that's not a step, that's a whole thing. It is a whole thing, but it's easier than you think it is. Refer back to episode 31, journey mapping. And just to give you a high level overview of what we're talking about here, we're not talking about bringing 
bringing in a consultant and buying the biggest roll of paper you can find that takes up a whole wall in your conference room. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is just getting you and your managers and your supervisors in a room with a whiteboard and talking about one particular flow that your customer goes through that's very common. Maybe a common flow is making a payment or maybe a common flow is going through some troubleshooting steps for something that's not working as they expected and just mapping through one simple flow and understanding that journey. So that's step one. Could take just a few minutes. The second step is to locate the pain points where customers are putting forth large effort. So in an overarching journey mapping situation, you're looking for all kinds of different opportunities in that journey map where you can improve things. When we're talking about reducing customer effort, we are specifically looking for the pain points where the customers are having to put forth large amounts of effort. And you just want to circle those on the whiteboard. Then around that journey that you've mapped out on the whiteboard, you want to just sort of whiteboard ideas that could alleviate that pain. And as you know, we're throwing every idea possible on the board, whether it probably makes sense or not, just get it up there on the board so that you've got the ideas flowing. And then after a few minutes, just start to circle the ideas that could really be implemented quickly that could make a big impact on the experience your customers have. Once you do that, step four is to create and deploy a test plan. You can choose just one or just two of these ideas that you've put forth for your test plan. Go out with this test plan. Once it's been running for 30 days, something like that, measure the results and adjust your plan accordingly. Of course, I do recommend that you get feedback on how this went from your frontline agents. Also take into account the feedback from your customers. You would be getting this from comparing customer satisfaction and MPS scores before your changes were made and then after your changes were made. If you can do it, you want to compare before and after specific to that type of interaction. So for example, if you are making a change to the process where customers make payments with you and you're doing something where maybe you're attempting to look up the customer's account number for them and you're saying instead of asking for their account number you say Mr. Customer is your account number 12345 and they say yes it is then when you go through that process you want to look for NPS and CSAT scores specific to interactions where customers were attempting to make payments with you. See what I mean? That way you can get pretty close to understanding for that particular change you've made, what were the scores before that and what were the scores after that. So there you have it. Five simple steps to reduce customer effort. Not very hard at all. It just takes focus and a little bit of time being carved out specific to this effort. You could even make this a wiggle to ensure that it gets focused upon. And if you need help with that, you can refer back to episode one for DX and wiggles. So those are the five steps. Complete a journey map, number one. Number two, locate the pain points where customers are putting forth large effort. Number three, whiteboard ideas to alleviate that pain. Step number four, create and deploy a test plan. And step number five, measure results and adjust accordingly. 
But let me give you a little bit more help. Let's talk about some examples of pain points and possible solutions. So you say, Frankie, that sounds fantastic. I get those five steps. What would I maybe be looking for? No problem. Let's talk about some possible pain points. The first possible pain point that I offer to you is asking customers for information you already have. Now, there are some situations where for privacy laws, regulations, HIPAA compliance, personally identifiable information, there are going to be some times where you just have to ask the customer to confirm or verify or provide information. I understand that. But look for occasions where you are asking your customer for information that you already have. An example could be an invoice number, a ticket number, those types of things where instead of asking the customer, you could instead ask the customer to confirm what you're providing to them. This ensures that you're not making assumptions and not confusing or making the situation or the interaction more challenging, right? Because if you go through assuming that they're talking about the latest ticket number, but really they were talking about the ticket number before that. Now you've extended your overall handle time for the issue. You've potentially solved a problem that wasn't a problem. So you do want to make sure you're all on the same page. But you can do that by taking the effort upon yourself to look up what that ticket number might be and say, we're talking about ticket number one, two, three, four, five. Is that right? And then the customer can say, yes, that's right. So the solution there is to just make it standard procedure for the reps to look up the information for the customer and then confirm it with the customer. That's the first pain point. Second pain point is transferring customers. Now, some Sometimes it's necessary for you to transfer customers, but it's not always necessary. And when I talk about transferring customers, I don't mean from one channel to another, where if you're tweeting with a customer and you realize it's going to be better to solve the problem over the phone or the customer requests a phone call, that's not what we're talking about here. It's perfectly fine if you're tweeting and the customer says, hey, can you just call me? By all means, call them. That makes it easier for the customer. But what I'm talking about is when you're tweeting with a customer and they say, I want to make sure that my flight is going to be on time. And you say, yeah, I don't, I don't handle that. I'm going to have to transfer you to this other department. Customers don't like that for many reasons. Number one is having to repeat themselves. Number two is the time it takes to have the transfer. Number three is they just want to have it hurried up and taken care of and transferring can add that time. What's a solution for that? Well, we're possible, empower your agents to fully resolve common issues. It's possible you're operating in just the same fashion you did. It's possible you're operating in just the same fashion as your call center agents and following the same procedures. Perhaps you have a little more flexibility in your team where you can go above and beyond what it is that the call center is doing. Now, I know that some folks get concerned because perhaps they're going to have better service in the social customer care team than they do in the call center team. I say non sense. Maybe what you can do is improve the experience that customers have in the social media experience or in the chat experience. And then you can show in a smaller microcosm type of environment, the benefits from changing those policies and procedures. And then to show the call center how they too can 
change their policies and procedures to serve in the same way that you do. So I say don't worry about holding your team back so that you can be exactly the same as the call center. I say move forward, lean in, and then change what the call center is doing as you can. Now a third pain point that you may not have even thought about is customers being given the wrong information. This is quite possible and I know that you have probably as I have experienced this with large organizations, small organizations, there's just so much data out there and agents have to go so many different places to obtain the data and procedures and policies change all the time. Agents do their best to find the information that's accurate and appropriate for customers. However, sometimes it just doesn't work out that way where the agents are able to give customers accurate information. So what can we do to try to help agents ensure that they're giving customers the right information? Well, the first thing we can do is train agents fully and regularly. It is well worth your time to take agents off of the social channel and invest the time in training because what you're doing is you're reducing the number of repeat transactions that have to take place because the customer was given incorrect information the first time. And then ensure that agents report missing or incorrect information when they find it. Here's a common scenario in a contact center. Agents have access to a knowledge management repository of some sort. There's some sort of tool or database or something where all of the answers to the questions that customers are asking are housed. I don't care if it's an Excel spreadsheet or a really fancy tool that lets them know that this is the answer to the customer's question. Doesn't matter. Either way, when an agent is asked a question by a customer and they go to their knowledge repository to search for the information, they find the information and they provide it to the customer. It happens to be incorrect or outdated information. So then the customer contacts again to say that the information was incorrect and then the next agent does their best to locate the new or updated information and provides it to the customer. Here's where it falls apart. The agent trying to move on and assist the next customer doesn't take the additional step to let someone know who's in charge of updating this knowledge repository that the information is outdated or wrong. So make sure that your agents know that if they find incorrect information in their knowledge repository, that they then circle back and let the people who are in charge of updating that knowledge repository know that the information is outdated and needs to be updated. This will ensure that incorrect information on that topic stops with that one customer who had to contact you again. Very important. Another pain point is telling customers you can't help them. Don't do that. Seriously, don't tell customers that you can't help them. How do you avoid that? First, you ensure that agents can resolve all reasonable common requests easily and efficiently. Make sure that you've got the knowledge repository updated, that you've got answers for all the questions that are coming. And when something comes in that agents don't know the answer to, ensure that you get that information to them fast, get it back to the customers. But the answer should never be, I can't do that or I can't help you with that. Now that's for common requests. For unusual requests, a way that you can avoid telling customers that you can't help them is to allow agents to take great pains to assist 
most customers. Think about Zappos. When customers call in and want help ordering a pizza, no problem. Zappos is going to go figure that out. Now, you might say we can't afford to do that. That's not our company culture. I understand you don't have to go super far with every request. And let's be honest, how many times have you reached out to Zappos to ask them to help you order a pizza? People don't take the time to just abuse those things on a regular basis. But when you have an unusual circumstance where a customer needs additional or unusual help, it will really pay off if you allow your agents the time to take the extra step to just provide them amazing customer service. Doing all of this makes sure that it's a very rare occasion and only used for unreasonable requests that customers are told that you can't help them. For example, if a customer wants you to buy them a brand new Rolls Royce, that's an unreasonable request for most companies. You're just not going to be able to do that. Today's episode was brought to you by craftbeerclub.com. Good people drink good beer. Get the finest craft beers from America's best microbreweries delivered right to your door. They search out exceptional craft beers from around the country and then deliver the monthly beer club selections direct to you or your gift recipient's door. You can choose an ongoing beer club membership or craft beer club gifts to ship monthly, every other month, or even quarterly. This is a fantastic gift for the craft beer enthusiast in your life. Give 1 to 12 shipments and receive up to 3 bonus gifts and an additional $25 bonus with your order. So, head on over to sociallysupportive.com and click the picture for craftbeerclub.com today to learn more. Okay, there you have it. Another episode on how to make sure that you are providing excellent customer support over digital and social customer care and make sure that your customers are in fact happy. Make sure you tune in tomorrow because we'll be talking about more digital and social customer care. Until then, and even after then, I am Frankie Soche. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Socially Supportive. Want more? Head on over to sociallysupportive.com to join the social pack and find the best tips, tricks, and technology to take your team from okay to outstanding in no time.